Welcome to Ew, That's Creepy podcast. This week, the twins will be sharing cases of minorities who have gone missing but not received the same media coverage as other cases. In this episode, Melissa will tell Jackie about the disappearance of Ella May Begay, a Native American master rug weaver. Ella was 62 years old, and her disappearance seems incredibly uncharacteristic. If you have any tips or leads regarding Ella May's disappearance, please contact the Navajo Police Department, Shiprock District. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ew, That's Creepy podcast. Jackie and I today have a new theme, and this one is one that we hold pretty close to our hearts because we feel, you know, that there's really not enough coverage on this. So today, Jackie and I will be talking, well, this week, we will be talking about minorities who have gone missing and haven't really gotten the media coverage that they deserve or that we've seen for other people who are white in the media. And yeah, that's what we'll be talking about. Yeah, not a very... We can't make a lot of jokes, so that's that. (laughs) It's a more serious week. I, of course, don't want to get political, but it is a fact that you know, white people, when they go missing, do receive way more media coverage than minorities. And that's basically why I want to do, why we wanted to do this theme, because a lot of these cases, I just don't even understand how they're unsolved or just how we don't have the same level of information that we had in other cases in the present media. Exactly. And we're, yeah, not going to talk a whole lot about all the reasons why this occurs, but I'm sure a lot of people who aren't a true crime have heard of missing white woman syndrome, so we'll link some stuff about that below. Obviously, we're not here to educate you guys, but if you want to, we will provide resources if you would like to educate yourself. Exactly. And if you guys know of cases like this also that you think we should cover, definitely let us know. Uh, and I actually found this case after the Gabby Petito case that went viral. Everyone knows that case because it was so large. And I was reading an article that was specifically talking about missing, missing white woman syndrome, which helped the Gabby case to be closed very quickly. And that's nothing against her or her family or anything like that. And that's nothing against the investigation. It was a great investigation, but that's the point, is just that it should be equally shared among everybody. Exactly. Everyone deserves that level of media coverage and that level of work from investigators. And I also just wanted to read a fact really quick, um, specifically about Native American and Indigenous women and men, because I am going to be talking today about a Native American woman who is missing. According to the Department of Justice, 46% of all Native American women have experienced rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner. So nearly half of Native American women have experienced that. 
And the Department of Justice also has noted that Native American women are murdered 10 times more than the national average for other races. Which is very scary. It is. It's horrifying. And it's very sad that, you know, obviously Native Americans aren't getting the same justice. Um, And our story today that I'm going to be talking about is regarding a woman who is still currently missing. So definitely, of course, I'll be linking if you guys have tips, if you know of this case, things like that. Have your ears perked up like a dog on the hunt. My cat ears are perked. Thank you. I'm going to be talking today about Ella May Begay. And she, that is a great name. Let me just say that. And Ella May. And just looking at the picture of her, she looks like such an Ella May. Just something about her. Mm. I know. And she, she, at her time of her disappearance, she was a 62-year-old woman. And she is just 5 foot, 100 pounds, has a short brown, grayish bob. Mostly brown. She has a darker complexion. And she just looks like the cutest little grandma. And, of course, her name is Ella May. And you see her picture, and it just immediately tugs at your heartstrings. Like, you can just feel the warmth coming from her. And Ella was just an amazing individual, it seemed. An amazing woman. Ella May was known internationally for her profession as a master rug weaver. She made hand-woven rugs. They could be used as tapestries and things like that. You know, they were so beautiful that some people were just using them as art rather than a rug. Ella would sell her pieces mostly throughout Arizona. Um, She lived in Sweetwater, Arizona, if I didn't say that already. And many of her rugs involved landscapes of Arizona, the people there, the Navajo tribe, which she was a part of. There would be farmers, mountains, cows grazing, things like that. She also, of course, did some, um, she would take on requests for pieces. And it was really just scene pieces, which are very unique. She definitely has a style that you would look at and know. That is an LMA rug. Weaving is a large part of Native American culture and being considered a master weaver takes years of skills and many years of weaving to accomplish. It's not knitting or anything compared to that. One rug being weaved by hand could take months at a time. Wow. That's some serious work. Yeah. Master rug weavers can sell their pieces for pretty high prices too because of how long it's taking and just the time and care and uniqueness that are put into these pieces. Because of the success of her weaving business, Ella May was finally able to install solar panels so that she could use electricity rather than candles and lamps shortly before her disappearance. At age 62, she was finally able to have electricity. Like, I'm upset. Just as... She literally just seems like a kind old woman. Exactly. She was still working as a rug weaver. Nothing changing about that. Ella May was also close with her family 
proud of her Native American roots. Her family said that she would go to Navajo Nation basically every weekend. Navajo Nation is the largest Native American territory in the United States. It spans across New Mexico and Arizona. It's very large. Ella loved to go to the territory and be around other people of her heritage and her culture. I'm sure she would sell some of her pieces there. Ella was particularly close with her niece named Seraphine Warren and her son named Gerald. Gerald lived in Denver, Colorado, and during the COVID-19 pandemic, family reported that Ella May stayed safe and she didn't go out really at all in public. And she also stopped letting people come into her home. She really was not meeting with any family or anything like that because she was older and she obviously didn't want to get COVID-19. Gerald, Ella's son, was planning a trip to visit his mother soon and bring his daughter's niece and nephew. So this this is written as of 2021 and they hadn't seen each other since before COVID. Wow. And so Jared is planning to bring his kids, his niece and his nephew. He had spoken to his mother just three days before her disappearance about the upcoming trip. And both of them were saying how excited they were and that they hadn't seen each other in over a year. So it's clear just based on Ella's background that there's nothing going on in her life that would have needed to uproot her. And if anything, she would want to be home to see her family who's flying in from Denver to Arizona, who she hadn't seen in over a year. People never go missing when they have plans. Exactly. You I mean, not never, but it's usually pretty unlikely that people go missing on their own volition if they have plans in the near future. Especially family plans. So, like I said earlier, Ella May was 62 years old at this time, 5 foot 1. It's June 14th. That was the last time that she had been seen, I believe, by neighbors who had just seen her outside. Between the late hours of June 14th could possibly be going into the 15th. Ella May disappeared from her home in Sweetwater, Arizona. Her truck was also reported missing. In an article by Medium, they claimed that someone reported that Ella had gotten into her new, or I'm sorry, into her truck with potentially another individual that night, but the person could not confirm who she had gotten in the car with or even really be certain that someone was with her, but they did see her getting into the truck. And Ella lived in, the place where she lived in Sweetwater, Arizona was pretty remote. It's not suburbs or anything like that. She does have neighbors, but it is not very close to each other. By 11 a.m. on the morning of June 15th, neighbors noticed that Ella and her silver Ford F-150 truck were not at the home. The neighbors knew that Ella never left home, and she certainly wouldn't leave in the middle of the night. So they did call police that day, the June 15th, the day that people saw that she was gone because they just thought it was really suspicious that a woman who was terrified of COVID would leave at early hours of the morning. And not tell anybody. Exactly. 
Police did take the call and investigate immediately, thank goodness, since Ella, Ella was 62 and the circumstances were just very strange. Once Ella's family learned of her dis- disappearance, they contacted the Navajo police immediately, who they began the investigation. So the Navajo police are representing Navajo Nation, and um, I'm sure it just makes you know the family feel more comfortable. On the same day that police learned of Ella's disappearance, the Navajo Police Facebook posted a missing endangered persons flyer to alert the public that she had gone missing and her truck was missing as well. So that day, again, that she's missing, there are reports already being made public of her, her picture, her truck, and the area where she was last seen, which was her home. Family and friends knew that Ella May did frequently go to Navajo Nation. They thought that would be a good starting point to see if she was around there, if anyone had any tips. But Navajo Nation is huge, spanning states. A lot of it is desert area and things like that. Searchers began searching areas on foot. The police were coming through surveillance videos of local areas and interviewing some locals. It's in July, and they're in Arizona, so it's hot as hell when they're searching. In summer. Ugh. I know. Two days after Ella was reported missing on... So this is June 17th. Police announced that they were investigating a potential suspect in the Thoreau, New Mexico area. Police said the person of interest was a young man named Preston Tolth. He was 21 at the time also a member of Navajo Nation. I found conflicting reports over who Preston was and why exactly he was named a person of interest. I think the reason why it's conflicting is because police have never confirmed exactly why he was a person of interest. I'm not sure if they have information they're keeping hidden, but In the Medium article, they reported that Preston was a suspect because a night or so before Ella's disappearance, he was at a neighbor of Ella's home arguing with them, and it got so heated that the police were called. I'm not sure what exactly his relationship was with that neighbor, if he had family or friends that lived close to Ella, but either way, it was a little suspicious that there was a call about him just a few days before Ella's disappearance. When police went to question Preston about the event that happened at the neighbor's home and to see where he was the night Ella disappeared, they actually could not find him, and this heightened their belief that maybe he was on the run and maybe he actually was in Ella's truck and on the run. On the same day of the announcement, also on June 17th, shortly after they say that they are looking for Preston and that he is a potential suspect, later in the day, they actually find Preston. He was arrested on an unrelated battery charge. I was going to say, for what? (laughs) On an unrelated battery charge involving a family member and outstanding warrants. So, no judgment, but he seems like kind of sketchy. Yeah, a little sketchy character, which I think is why 
police were thinking and maybe even hoping that it would be that easy and he would be in the truck and they would have answers there. But he's arrested. He's charged with battery. But after that, he's released after he serves his time a couple months later. And there are no updates when he is being held in jail about him being a suspect. Police questioned him shortly after he was arrested and he said he had no knowledge of the case. Police didn't have any solid evidence and it kind of was like they made this announcement about having this potential suspect and just a week later they realized that they don't. He is not saying he has any knowledge of Ella May or her disappearance and on October 15th, 2021, a couple months after his release, his arrest, he's released after he served his charges. I mean, I can't be mad because they like literally have nothing. <laughs> I know. And for Ella's family, they're a little upset about that. I'm sure because there is still suspicions and I'm sure they're thinking if he did have something to do with it, now he's just out on the run. But at the same time, police studies this person of interest, but they're not telling us exactly what piece of the puzzle he fits into besides being suspect. Which that also makes it tough sometimes because then it's like, well, if you gave us a little more information, then maybe the public would have something else to work with. That but is, I, I get it's like, you know. That is a huge part of this case. Confidential and, information, I guess. Yeah, that is actually a really big piece of this case as well, which um, I'll talk about a little more at the end, but we'll just go back to where we were in the investigation, which is just two days after June 17th. It was when Preston is arrested, and pretty quickly police realize they don't have anything on him. Police continue searching they continue their investigation on foot, looking around areas. Unfortunately, nothing's turning up. At one point, they received a tip to search the Montezuma Creek area of Utah. The search turned up nothing. And the tip, I believe, was anonymous. Damn it. I know. On June 25th... You know is- how it's anonymous, though? But they can really pull that stuff. I know. Like, I it's anonymous, that. but they can get it. I know, but I guess they're not because it turned up nothing. Ugh. I know. On June 25th, this is now 10 days from when Ella May was reported missing, Navajo police announced that Ella's investi- investigation would move forward as a homicide and no longer just a missing person. What? They don't tell us why. Oh, my God. How? I know. Since that update on June 25th, there have been no announcements made or updates posted regarding Ella's case or where the investigation stands. Ella's niece and her son, Serafina and Gerald, have spoken publicly about their frustrations with police. Oh, I'm sorry, Serafine. They have been pretty public regarding how the police are not telling them what's going on. They're keeping things very internal. And Ella's family, they're just wondering, why are we kept so in the dark? If you guys are, don't have anything, could you just say that? And for example, Gerald has said that the family was not even told by the police that it was being changed from a missing person to a homicide case. They had to see it in the news and others saw it on Facebook. 
What? That's kind of crazy. It is difficult because police have consistently said that there are details about the investigation that they can't release so that they can uphold the integrity of the investigation. I'm not sure if that's about Preston, if that's about her home or anything that was found. We just don't know. And that's just frustrating because I feel like it could be helpful. But I mean, I guess I, of course, do understand that they don't want to tarnish their work that they have. Seraphine, Ella's niece, she had lived close to her aunt and they had a very close relationship. And Seraphine has kind of taken over the role of speaking to the media. Ella May's son, Gerald, is involved in the investigation, but he lives in Denver. And obviously, at some point, he had to go home. So Seraphine has really stepped in, and she is who frequently speaks out and makes public posts asking for more information. Seraphine does unfortunately believe that something sinister happened to her aunt. She doesn't believe that Ella would ever have left on her own accord, considering COVID-19 was still uncertain, still is, but especially in summer, it was very uncertain. And she had, of course, her son was planning this visit. It just doesn't make sense that she would have left on her own accord, never to be seen or heard from again. My question is, didn't she say that she got solar panels recently done? Yes. Like, I wonder if they ever looked into, because I feel like that would be somebody who would be, like, aware of her routine and her home and all that stuff. Damn, that's a really good point. How did I ever think about that? (laughs) I, I wonder if they thought about that. Like, how recent was this? That is true. Solar panel stuff. Damn. We'll get, I will talk about just some small, if any, theories that they have. So hang on to that. But that's a really good point. Good thought, Jack. Uh, Put me on this. I'll investigate it. (laughs) Get her ass on the investigation, Sergeant. (laughs) Giddy up, partner. (laughs) Get me in here. Oh, my God. I seriously, that was on Google Maps, like searching places in Sweetwater, Arizona. Oh, I do that, too. I go down down rabbit holes like no other. I'll be looking at people's Facebook. I'm like, who? Where am I? Like, I how did I get here? I that, Exactly. I was in Google Maps so deep. I was like, where am I? And how did I get to this point? 30 minutes at work had passed, and I was like, oh, fuck, I need to get back to work. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. Back to Seraphine. This part, it's so sweet, and at the same time, it's just really heartbreaking, In hopes to bring awareness to Ella May's disappearance, Seraphine walked over 150 miles from her aunt's Sweetwater home to the Navajo Nation capital in a march that she hopes would bring light to the case, as well as the issue of murdered and missing indigenous women. Seraphine has met with the Navajo Nation president to discuss the case and what can be done moving forward. And I just, I give her so many props because her determination to find her aunt is so admirable. She is leading a search team by herself, basically, in the desert in 100 degree weather. While being an advocate for other women. Exactly. Seraphine and the family have pointed out as well that in their searches, law enforcement was not in attendance. In one article, Seraphine even said that 
the FBI, because the FBI actually, I meant to mention this, got involved once it was changed to a homicide case. They haven't given us any updates, but they are claiming they're involved and still looking into it. And Seraphine said that shortly after, a couple weeks after Ella May had been missing, the FBI called her and requested that friends and family stop personal searches for Ella so the police and the FBI can conduct their own searches. I'm sorry, no. And like, it was... N- no. Yeah, I understand upholding integrity, but the family has said multiple times that they would love for law enforcement to join them in the searches. Why would it not just be all hands on deck? We're searching together. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like, put yourself in their shoes. Would you want someone telling you, don't investigate, don't look for your missing loved one? Right, and Gerald and Seraphine have said that in their searches, They're out there, and volunteers have said they wouldn't even know what to do if they found anything related because police have never told them that or never said. They're giving them kind of just no direction. Yeah, so it's kind of like, what else do they have to do other than look for themselves? Exactly. And it's frustrating because on one hand, police did jump on this so fast, make it be out in the media, but it seemed like after Preston Tolf fell through... They changed it to a homicide, and we literally have not had a single update since then. Since <sighs> since June of 2021. That's very frustrating. Obviously, there are so many unanswered questions regarding this case. It really comes down to what police know, what they have under the vest, basically, that they're keeping from the media... Obviously, the largest unknown is why. Why would Ella leave on her own will in the middle of the night? Or two, why would there have been a motive for someone to come in and harm Ella? Was there a robbery and she was forced into her vehicle and then later killed? Did someone want her vehicle because we still yet to this day have found the Ford F-150 truck? Was it, did someone have a personal vendetta that is still unknown? Is it an innocent explanation where she left in the middle of the night and got into an accident and unfortunately the car has never been found? Is someone targeting indigenous women? There are just so many unknowns. Yeah, I want to believe that she's out there and okay. And if she's not, it was some sort of accident or natural cause but knowing that she is a minority woman it's it's just hard sometimes to have hope right and on one hand if you want to believe it was something innocent it's just what would that be she didn't really she didn't have any medical history that I could find that would seem like anything would be out of sorts. And I thought to myself, if she did have a medical emergency, I just feel, and this is an opinion, what 62-year-old woman would get into the car by herself, not calling family, not calling Seraphine, who lived pretty close, if she was close enough with her neighbors where they would have reported her missing one day, not even in 24 hours after not seeing her car there, I feel like she could have, if she had a medical emergency, go to one of her neighbor's house. 
and ask for help. It just doesn't make sense that this older woman would get into her truck if she was having an emergency and just drive to the hospital without calling family or telling neighbors or anything like that, you know? Yeah, that is a good point. It does seem like if something was wrong enough that it made her leave right then and there, you would go to a neighbor or something, but maybe because of COVID? Maybe, but... I would just think that she would have called... so many questions. I would have just think that she would have called Seraphine, who lived close. Yeah. I don't know. It's like... I mean, I know our grandma, and she could still drive, obviously, at 62, but out on remote desert Arizona roads at night during a medical emergency? Yeah. It just doesn't fit for me. Yeah, that's a good point. And the fact that it's, like, possibly somebody was with her, no one knows, is also concerning. Yeah. Definitely. The one main thing I don't understand is where Preston Tolf fit into this picture. Do they still have information that they're keeping? Was he just a petty criminal who seemed like he really was a good lead at first and he just wasn't? I really think it could go either way. I do think the police could have just really thought because they couldn't find him to question him that he would be out in her stolen vehicle somewhere. But I could also see him actually maybe being involved in police keeping that specific fact to themselves for whatever reason. You know, who's to say right now someone isn't undercover talking to suspects and that's why we can't know. I don't know, but it just is strange that police came in hot and heavy, making it public that Preston Tolth is this person, and then just a couple days later, a month later, we never hear anything of him again. Yeah, I agree. It seems like they usually have to have something somewhat substantial to outright say somebody is a suspect. And it goes back to the fact of even if Preston is a suspect, what's the motive? robbery gone wrong because it's just strange who would be robbing a smaller home in this remote Arizona area it brings up a really good point what you said about the solar panels like did someone come and install them for her and looked at her stuff and thought she's this accomplished master rug weaver maybe she'll have money maybe she'll have some funds on her I can take the truck. I don't know. But then on the other hand, it's also like, I don't know, unless somebody's just somehow maybe changed the plates on the truck or something like that. Like, I don't know how someone would steal the car and or ditch it and then make their way back to like civilization without being found. You know what I mean? True. Especially if you were in that area. But I have obviously many questions. But who's to say it wasn't a random drifter who did commit this crime for a quick truck or something, and then, you know, maybe they changed the plate, sold it to another person. I don't know. I just wonder if police found anything in her home, because if it was a robbery gone wrong, there had to be some trail. There had to be some breaking in. Had to be some signs of a struggle or stress. But again, we just don't know. I wish I I wish I could know about the house. And the house is still under, you know, it's only where police are allowed to go in. I'm not sure if Seraphine and Gerald 
got into Ella May's home after I believe Seraphine did. But as of right now, I believe the home is still locked and police are keeping it under wraps. Wow. That's pretty crazy. And the last unanswered question, I mean, there are hella unanswered questions, numerous, but the last one that I want to point out is who are all of these neighbors of LMA and have they been investigated? Because a lot of this information that makes up the case involves neighbors, involves their reporting of seeing her at night. They are who called the police on the 15th. And apparently it was also neighbors who had this fight with Preston. Mm, Maybe police did investigate them and cleared them all off. They're not telling us that. I just wonder if so much of this case is based off of these neighbors when they're in kind of a remote area. Who are these people? Did they have any criminal background? Yeah, it's like it's hard to tell who's been investigated and who hasn't. It just seems like there's such little information. And when you compare it to... Yeah, cases like Gabby Petito or other individuals who have gone missing. I just feel like an older woman who's basically a grandma would be pretty at risk to go missing. Exactly, yeah. And maybe this is too invasive of me, but I was thinking if I'm awake watching my 62-year-old neighbor get into her truck in the middle of the night, which is that strange that they noticed it, I just thought, why wouldn't you kind of just open the door and be like, you okay? Everything okay? Maybe walk down? Maybe that's just me, you know. I or I would call her daughter if I had the numbers. And, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't her probably daughter. Don't. It was her, I mean, niece. her niece. They probably don't because they're just neighbors. And it's like, when I think about it, I don't have any of my neighbor's numbers. But still, yeah, I would be like, um, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too... Maybe, uh, of course what they say hindsight is always 2020 maybe it's just we know after the fact maybe they just thought an emergency did happen and they didn't want to be all up in her business but i just wish i knew more about the neighbors who are these people can their accounts can we have a timeline things like that we don't and that's where things end police I don't, not end, obviously. That's where the investigation is left. Police and FBI say that they're still looking into it. They do have information they're keeping under wraps. It is a homicide investigation, but there have been no major updates or leads. Ella's niece, Seraphine, returned to her, um, she returned back to her home as well as Gerald went back to Denver Both have full-time jobs and families that they had to take care of, but they still are looking for Ella every chance they get. Seraphine, as of, I believe, March or February of 2022, did another walk for Ella May. She is not stopping, and she will continue walking until she has justice for her aunt. This case is currently open and being investigated by the Navajo Nation Police Department and the FBI. A description of Ella. Ella May was around 5 foot 1, 100 pounds. She had a chin length bob and a darker complexion. She would now be 63 years old. Her truck that is also missing is a silver Ford F-150 with tinted windows. Arizona license plate AFE7101. If Ella's truck could be found, I think that would really give... 
some clues at least give a destination where we could try and pin a timeline. LMA was last seen on June 14th, 2021 at her Sweetwater, Arizona home. If you have any information on the whereabouts of LMA Begay, please contact the Navajo Nation Police Department's Shiprock District by calling 505-368-1350. I'll link that below as well. There is also a GoFundMe page established that will use the money raised as a reward for any tips that will lead to Ella being found. May 5th is Missing and Murdered Indigenous Persons Awareness Day, and that's in two months or so, less than two months, and I just really hope that there can be an answer for this. I hope we can have an, an update in the investigation. I hope that a suspect can come forward, someone can come forward, and on a grander scale, it's sad because I found this case by reading an article talking about cases that have not been covered that much, and it's just so tragic thinking that uh, many minorities feel like people don't care, and that just breaks my heart and is the worst thing, thinking that people don't care. And I couldn't imagine the Begay and members, volunteers, everyone out there searching for her feeling like you're not getting help. Yeah, that's really tough. I mean, it's tough enough to not lose. You basically have lost someone for the time being. That's hard enough. So it's like to feel like there are so many other people there are so many other cases who are getting a lot of media attention while yours is falling to the wayside. I'm sure it's really disheartening. Right. I agree. Um, please, if you guys have any information, I will have the links below. If there are anything, uh, any updates in the case, anything you want me to point out, please let me know. And I just really want justice for Ella. I will put pictures um, in the articles and on our Instagram. And one thing that you can do if you want to, like, help is just follow a lot of missing persons places, missing um, from, like, all over parts of the U.S. if you can, if you're in the U.S. Just keep yourself aware of cases like this and share them with people in your area if there's someone missing around your area. Just keep yourself knowledgeable. Exactly. Because that's really, like, all we can do if the media, for now, isn't going to give equal coverage to things. That's really all we can do is keep ourselves equally knowledgeable of all the missing cases that are going on. And there are a lot, but, you know, maybe check out a couple websites once a week or something. Yes, I will have the GoFundMe linked below as well if you guys want to donate and give some money towards a reward. Sad. I'm sad. Sad beans. But, yeah. Let us, let us know, too, if there are other cases that are similar, especially, you know, for any Native American indigenous women. Let us know if there are cases that you want to talk about that you feel don't have the media coverage they deserve, and we would love to talk about it. Or if anybody has any cases like them, their friends or family, anything like that, who have some sort of case that is not well talked about and you would like us to discuss, obviously we will do that. Just let us know. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening to us for yet another episode. We appreciate every listen and every listener. Thank you guys so much. 
We will see you guys next time for another episode. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.